Welcome everyone. This is amateur theologian Jim Barton and I'm here with Reverend Abigail Conley. And this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Um, this is going to be one of our episodes where we talk about conflict within the Bible, um, a topic that you can get uh, more than one answer or actually conflicting answers depending on what, uh, what part you open up to. And um, the topic is um, theodicy. And Abby, why don't you give us the seminary definition of theodicy? So the seminary light version is the problem of evil. Why do good thing or why do bad things happen? And maybe that's why do bad things happen to good people, or even just the why do bad things happen? Why do earthquakes and floods and all of those sorts of things happen? Down to why does someone walk into a school and shoot twenty students? Right. And so I think for to start off, let's talk about some examples of where bad things happen to bad people or where people in the Bible get what they deserve. That's I kind of on my notepad here. I've got get what they deserve, not get what they deserve, or don't get what they deserve, or get what they don't deserve. I don't know you can move the negative around. So what are some examples of people in the Bible who get what they deserve? They get what they have coming to them. So this is the whole, I told you not to do the thing and you did the thing. Right. And now the thing happened and it's going to happen. And the Israelites hit that every single time. Like, hey, I told you not to bow down to that other god. You did it. You're going to be kicked out of your country. Or you're going to have a famine. Or you're going to lose your king. Or you're going to live under this evil king for a while. And that's how, like, for example, the whole book of Judges, which is a list of uh, several folk tales, right, mm-hmm. is structured that way of where the Israelites as collectively disobeyed God or they forgot God. And so then they were lost and someone was oppressing them, right? And then God heard their cries and the hero rose up, right, and delivers them from evil, from the oppressor. But then they forget about God again and again. So that, the book of uh, Judges is uh, very much structured that way. And then, frankly, really, honestly, all the whole histories, the, all the history of Israelites seems to be around that, right? When you disobey God, God will punish you, including up to sending you into exile. Right. And even framed, especially in the books of Kings, as you get that whole repentance, return, disobedience, repentance, return, disobedience. And that's a long-standing cycle within that tradition. Um, including David himself, King David, the greatest king. Um, he does something that's horrible with the rape of Bathsheba and the sending her husband off to die. And she conceives a child, right? Right. And God punishes David by killing that child. And by not allowing him to build the temple. And by not allowing him to build the temple. That's right. There are actually two significant repercussions there for um, that action of both murder and rape. Right. Right. Um, We see other stories. Um, Lot's wife, after Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed, she's not supposed to look back. She disobeys God, and she gets turned into a pillar of salt. Um, Pharaoh does not let God's people go, and so God kills uh, Pharaoh's son. Um, You know, uh, another example is there's the New Testament story of the people who come to, they're supposed to give all their money to the uh, early church. Yeah, the early church... um they say they give all of their money to the offering. They didn't, and so they're struck dead. Yeah, and one after another. First the husband. Right. And then the wife shows up. And then the wife shows up, and they say, Right. Did you give all the money? And she's like, yeah. And then God, I always put that in air quotes, God strikes them down. Right. And it should be noted that then the explanation is also around, hey, no one said you had to give all the money. You just decided to lie because you wanted to lie. 
Right. Like nobody said, "Hey, you have to do this." Yeah. You just. Although did it does it. seem like in the early church they did kind of chip everything in together. They did, but. Right. That's even in the. You opted for this. You so. opted for it. Right. Right. You were right. Okay. So those all seem to go along with, well, if this person is, something bad has happened to them, they deserved it. They must have done something to cause this bad thing to happen to them, right? But then we have many examples that are on the other side. Um, one, let's go back to the story of David and Bathsheba. What did Bathsheba do to lose her son? Right. She was a rape victim. Um, what did her son do to be killed? Nothing. Like, literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Pharaoh's son or Pharaoh's army, right? Um, I mean, there's lots of examples of even in those stories of where the, they didn't do anything and, and they were killed. Right. Um, and we, even the argument can be made for Pharaoh because on a couple of those times when Moses comes to him, it says, God fair, hardened Pharaoh's heart. Right. That's right. I mean, that, that's not exactly free agency going on there. So now let's talk about God being at least complicit in acts of evil. Mm-hmm. And the real big story for that is Job, right? So in Job, Job is minding his own business. Job is a good and righteous man. And Satan is says to God, you know what? Uh, uh, I've been walking the earth looking at people. Oh, and God brings it up, right? Have you seen my guy Job? There's no way you could tempt him away. Right. And Satan's essentially like, well, yeah, if everybody had everything that Job has, they'd all be good. So let me go mess with Job. And he goes and messes with Job. Mm -hmm. And Job's friends all say, you must have done something wrong. Right. Job's friends all subscribe to the prosperity gospel. Yes. You must have done something wrong. That's what happened. Repent. And they are wrong Mm -hmm. throughout. Yep. So Job dispels the notion explicitly that if something bad happens to someone, that person must have sinned. Job does not dispel, does not get us to sometimes bad things just happen. Right. Because in the case of Job, a bad thing happened. There was a purpose. Mm-hmm. The purpose was to, what, demonstrate, to test Job, I guess. Yeah. And to demonstrate that Job would remain faithful regardless. Because that's the end. And then God restores Job's fortunes, his family, all of those things. Right. Um, he gets a replacement family, which, you know, doesn't generally work. But... Yeah, that's not it's very satisfying. Right. That's not a satisfying ending is that he gets a replacement family. But, right. Um, it was then, I guess, Yeah. when the origin of the story came out. Um, another short example is the blind man who was blind from birth, and the disciples asked Jesus, this is in John, the Gospel of John, they asked Jesus, was this guy blind because he sinned or because his parents sinned? And he says, neither. So you think maybe now we're getting to the point of like, well, bad things happen. Right. We can swear on the podcast. We can just say shit happens. Yes. Right? We're almost there. But then Jesus turns around and says, no, it's done so I can show my glory. Which this really sounds awful. Like, right. really? You made that poor kid blind just so you could do a miracle? I mean, this is why I occasionally talk about jerk Jesus during sermons. Yes. That's jerk Jesus. Right. He was, all right. But now let's talk about the real crux of the contrary to people getting what they deserve, which is that just sometimes things don't work out right. And that's your favorite book, Ecclesiastes. Right. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Now, there are many people who have done studies on this who now say that um, the author of Ecclesiastes was clinically depressed and have kind of written in diagnoses with rare, very real things. But um, it is a book that is assuring. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. We go through all of this, and at the end of the day, our duty is to serve um, God. 
and the stuff in between, who knows why that works out the way it does. And this is where you turned me on to look at Weber in preparation for this today, mm -hmm. because Weber says all this business of God, everything happens for a reason, and all this kind of, you know, the Israelites only got in exile because they were disobedient. That all helps create meaning, mm -hmm. right? Every, these things happen for a reason. There's meaning behind it. And that's why Ecclesiastes is so profound, because it's not, it's not true. Right. It's, in fact, meaningless. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a little passage that we looked up from Jesus where talking about the Tower of Siloam, and this is in Luke, where um, basically people came to him and said, um, did you hear about this terrible thing that Pilate did? He mixed the blood of these Galileans that he killed with the blood of sacrifices. And Jesus, and Jesus is like, yeah, do you think those guys were any worse than you? Or what about those 18 people who died in this tower that collapsed? Do you think they're any worse than you? So, um, you know, Jesus goes on to say, if you don't repent, you're going to be destroyed. You'll perish also, which is right. the main point of what he's making. But on the way there, Jesus is making this shit happens point. Mm -hmm. Where, look, it's not true that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, and a couple other things, too, as far as, like, some bad guys get away with it. Right? We talked about, we've talked about him before. I think Manessa. He reigns for like 50 years. Yeah. He's and a he just... terrible king. Did not do what he was supposed to do under God. Yeah. Like dies of old age. Herod, you know, sends henchmen to find babies and kills um, off an entire generation or two mm -hmm. years of Israelite kids. Nothing happens to him. Nothing happens to Pilate. Right. All right. So, you know, we have... I think it's. I think this is another one where you can really see that there's a real back and forth conversation in the Bible about it, and um, I think to the extent the idea that disobeying God results in bad things when you're talking about a society. Mm -hmm. Okay, I think there's something to be said for that. There are consequences for not taking care of the poor, mm -hmm. right? There are consequences for not taking care of the planet. You know, there are, these are these are things that do have consequences. Right, and I think one of the you know, you've hit on two different things. One of those is a moral judgment, the other isn't. So not taking care of the planet around us is actually going to mess with all of us. Now, right. people with money will weather that better, but there will come the catastrophic storms and those things, and they'll be more frequent, and everybody has to figure out how to survive that. If you're talking about a society not taking care of the poor, that that is you have people dying, and there are some people who say, well... You know, decrease the surplus population is the line from Dickens. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, um, but the, but I think the scriptural teaching that that's not a good thing. And right. You're not going to end up better for discrete. It is an a interesting and legitimate scriptural interpretation that does sort of produce this this idea that you get what you deserve. We as a society get what we deserve if we mistreat the poor, mm -hmm. which is we don't have a stable and, and helpful society. Um I think on the individual level, particularly, it's just absolutely terrible. Well, and we were going to mention too that, like in some cases, that's true. But it's rare that you have such a black and white thing that you can say, "Look at that person; he did that bad thing." Right. Because you know, um, David, you know, because Bill Clinton had that affair, his presidency was marred, and he was not able to be as effective as he could be. Right. Okay, you can. I mean, in that case, you can talk about that. Right. But that's yeah. unusual. Right. For anything to be that directly causative of anything else. So, like, and often that ends in a really terrible place. So someone dies in a car wreck because they were um, speeding or they were drinking and driving. So, yeah, they broke a law. That was immoral. Should that cost them their life? Right. Then that balance becomes very out of whack. 
Um, and you can get there fairly quickly with those things. And I think that's where we see this come up a lot is that everything happens for a reason comment mm -hmm. at the funeral. Like, it's, don't ever say that. No. Like, there's never a time to say, well, this person died. They must have died for a reason. Right. For one thing, it's bad. I think it's just bad theology. I mean, I think there's some, you see some examples of it in the scripture. We have to be honest. That is in the scripture, that this idea that there's a master plan that's happening. But there's also a real strong motive against that. And it tends to be master plans within societies or the one person called out to lead the society. It's not the individual. Um, right. Everybody's life is divinely directed. Yeah. And it's just a super hurtful thing to say to somebody who's mourning. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good covering of that sort of conflict within the scripture. Do I leave anything out that you want to? I, I don't think so. We obviously did not resolve the problem. So. No, we're not going to resolve the problem of good and evil. Yeah. But we identified that the Bible doesn't do it either. Right. And we're, we're sitting in the tension. As right. We just are aware we're leaving everyone sitting in the exactly. tension. Exactly. Sitting in the tension. Yes. All right. We'll sit in the tension until next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you then. All right. Cheers.